Hey everybody, it's Buckeye Boggs from the OHIO Podcast. I just wanted to let you all know that we have a brand new YouTube channel and we are doing live shows on Sunday nights. This past Sunday night was our first live show and the audio you're going to hear is from that show. Unfortunately, we're still working out some of the kinks with new software and because of that, a large portion of the show was not recorded and the audio is not exactly up to the par that we want at this moment. That being said, it's still good content Content, I'm sure you will enjoy it. Plus, we will re-record the awards portion of the show for everybody and post that later this week. Enjoy the show. It's so easy to be average. You know it as well as I know it. It takes a little something to be special, Don. It takes a little something special to be a great player. We don't have enough great players. To hell with that! We don't want to coach average. I don't want to be around you. Why be around average? Be proud of our young people in the classroom, in the community, and most especially in 310 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Number one, the team that hits the hardest and the longest, the team that starts the fastest, and the team is too damn smart to make mistakes. If you take it to them, if you don't make mistakes, and you keep taking it to them, hell, there's no question who will win. Buckeye Podcast, by fans, for the fans, where they hate that team up north as much as you do. It's time for the OHIO Podcast. OH! I-O! Welcome to the live OHIO Podcast. Wherever you are, welcome to our home. I'm uh, Buckeye Boggs. I'm in Delaware, Ohio. Down there, I'll get this right eventually. Chris Wilds from Marion. Say hi, Chris. Hi, Chris. And over there, he's from Texas, Aaron Brown. What's happening, buddy? What's up, everybody? We are excited to be with you guys today. we got a great show planned for you all. And by all means, we want you to un- uh, know that you can actually participate in this as well. Post your comments live. Uh, we will try to share as many as we can as we go through this show. Um, if you're watching us live, we appreciate you coming in, dropping in with us. Do one thing for us here as we get started. And we're going to say this several times. Go to our uh, YouTube channel, subscribe, number one. YouTube, subscribe. Give us a thumbs up. Like it. And, and hit that bell so you guys can get notified when we go live and when we have new content. Right off the bat, Ryan Wickerham, our buddy Chris that we got to tailgate with. He's with us tonight. He's live. Corey Johnson, who runs our Twitter page. Corey's with us tonight. How's it going tonight, Corey? So glad to have you with us tonight as well. So again, we're going to participate, uh, uh, ask for participation tonight from all of you. So when you feel like you have a comment that's uh, worth sharing, by all means, type that in, and uh, we might be able to share that with you guys tonight. So guys, let's jump right in if you guys are ready. Let's go with it, all right? So the first topic we're going to cover tonight is, uh, first off, how did you spend your weekend without Ohio State football, Aaron Brown? (laughs) 
Uh, well, <clears throat> we went bowling Friday night, and uh, Austin won somehow. Uh, All right. <laughs> yeah, I was the only one without bumpers, and somehow the kid still pulled it out. He beat beat Allie, beat Heather, uh, and beat Allie's friend. So I don't know. The dude never been bowling before, uh, you know, and then. Huh? I figured you'd be really good at bowling, Aaron, since your head's so round. How dare you, first of all. Uh, <laughs> uh, secondly, I just kind of watched some NFL games, trying to keep up with that kind of stuff, and then, you know, obviously schoolwork. So uh, I've been trying to keep my time busy. Chris, how'd you spend your first weekend without Buckeye football in a while? Oh, you know, I was at the, uh, the store a little bit, uh, played a little poker, dabbled around on DraftKings just a little bit. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, uh, like Aaron watched a little bit of uh, NFL football today and uh, nauseated by that, of course. And, uh, you know, other than that, just kind of, you know, hung around the house a little bit. Beautiful, beautiful. Larry Daniels is in with us. Larry, good to have you with us, buddy. Good to see you tonight. So let's start the conversation here. We put out a Facebook poll the other day. Did the 2022 Ohio State Buckeyes meet your expectations. Aaron, I'll start with you first. Did the Buckeyes meet your expectations this season? You know, yes and no. It's kind of a complex thing because, like, obviously we wanted a national title. We wanted to beat that team up north. We wanted the Big Ten title. So on that end of things, no. They did not meet my expectations at all, obviously. They were... 0 for 3 on those things. We didn't beat that team up north, didn't win the, the conference title, didn't win the national title. We didn't even win the bowl game, obviously. Uh, but other than that, um, offensively, you know, we wanted to see C.J. Stroud play to his potential. And I feel like in the Peach Bowl, we really got to see that finally. Running, throwing, uh, comfortability in the pocket, um, stepping up into the pocket, just everything that we've been wanting to see him do we finally got to see him do. Uh, unfortunately, Travion and Mayan weren't as much of the plan as what we thought. Defensively, I felt like throughout the whole season, uh, we improved greatly. So, you know, I guess on the nuances of the game, I was pleased with this season. But as far as overall goals and expectations, no, they did not. Chris, did the 2022 Ohio State Buckeyes meet your expectations this year? No, Aaron's going to be much nicer about it than I am. No, I'm just going to flat out say no. Uh, you know, as Aaron said, we expected a national title. We expected the conference title. We expected to beat that team up north. And we expected a Heisman Trophy winner, and we didn't get any of it. Uh, you know, I really feel like we, we just saw the fourth year in a row where we wasted perhaps the best quarterback talent in the country. Um, now, granted, there were injuries. As Aaron pointed out, there were definitely injuries um, that impacted the game. Um, and even in the Peach Bowl, Bowl we, you know, we said there were some uh, injuries and some questionable officiating and a few questionable calls. But, uh, you know, overall, I thought we were – I think Aaron uh, – or uh, Ryan Day, first of all, tried too much this season to please all of his critics and, and become a power-running football team. And we got away from – what was our strength, which was C.J. Stroud in that wide receiver room. Um, I, I think that, to me, was a great disappointment. I think that affected a lot of the games. Um, I understand you have to have balance in the game, but having balance in the game doesn't mean you have equal yards 
having balance in the game doesn't mean you have the same number of carries as you do uh, pass attempts. It just means that you can run and you can pass. And I think that he became so obsessed with pleasing all of the critics, ourselves included, um, with trying to become a, a power-running team that his offense got lost a little bit during the season. And I think that that definitely had, had an impact throughout the season. It had an impact versus that team up north. Uh, and as Aaron pointed out, we saw it come back a little bit in that Peach Bowl game. Although in crunch time, I thought we started getting a little conservative again. So, yeah, I was definitely disappointed by this the, the outcome of the season. Aaron, did we win the Big Ten? Nope. Chris, did we beat that team up north? We did not. Aaron, did we have a Heisman Trophy winner? Nope. Chris, did we win a national championship? We definitely did not. Aaron, did we win a bowl game this year? Nope. We went 0 for 5. Yep. That is not meeting expectations. At I all. don't care how good this team is. And they were very, very good. You when you when you set out for your team goals to be win the Big Ten, beat well, beat that team up north, win the Big Ten, compete for a national championship, and you don't do the first two, and you don't come through on the third one, that's not meeting expectations. So this team did not meet my expectations this year. Um, let's see if we can't get a comment here. This one's from uh, Ryan Wickerhammer, buddy. He says, what up, guys? Hope to see you guys at my tailgate next season. Go Bucks, Chris, what do you think? Should we, should we go to Ryan's tailgate next year? Oh, at least once. At least. I, I think that should be, you know, uh, you got to visit that one a couple times a year. Aaron, I'll tell you, you got to come up. When you get back to Ohio, you have got to go to this tailgate because, man, th this guy and the group that he parties with has it going on. Do they? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yes. I can't wait to actually get to do that with you guys this year, man. I've obviously been MIA since I'm down here in Texas, so I can't wait to, to do the social aspect of all this with you guys. Oh, it's a blast. It's, a, it's the best part of, it really of this. Is. Oh, yeah. Honesty. It really is. So let's pull up Larry's comment here. Larry says, this is a sensitive subject alert. Uh, how do you feel about a player who holds back some of his talents all year and finally uses them in the final game. Whoever could he be speaking of? Out! <laughs> okay, so, let me answer his question with a question for you guys. Was CJ holding back, or was Ryan Day holding CJ back? Yes and yes. How can, how can Ryan Day be holding him back? He's not on the field holding his hand or his pocket. Because he's telling him, don't run. I don't want you to get hurt. Come on, man. I I think there's some legs to that. I really do. I, I really do as well. Do you think maybe it's a miscommunication? Maybe Ryan Day said, be careful about running. And CJ maybe took that as, don't run. I don't know. I don't know. I understand I where you're coming from. No, because if that was, if that indeed was the, the conversation that took place, don't you think CJ would have ran before he got to the final game of the year? Yeah. And, and let's remember too, uh, CJ himself has said he's not a running quarterback. 
I think it's a yes and yes thing. I think that CJ was holding back, and yes, I do think Day was holding him back. I think CJ was holding back. He came out and told us, hey, I'm not a running quarterback. It's not what I do. I'm going to throw the ball. Uh, and, and as far as Day goes, I think there was absolutely some credence to what you said there, Eric. I think that Day was scared to lose Stroud, and very well he should have been scared to lose Stroud. But you know as well as I do, uh, Aaron, and you can speak on this, having played the game and coached the game, you can't play from a point of fear. No, you, you can't. can't play with fear. 100%. When you're afraid right. of getting hurt, you're going to get hurt, That's right? when you get hurt. Yeah. Stop. See, my thing is like <clears> – <throat> If Ryan Day is telling him that, what message does that send to the rest of the team? I don't care what happens to the rest of you guys, but CJ, you better not get hurt, man. Well, I would say Ryan Day would probably be upfront and honest with the team that the quarterback, in his opinion, is the most important position on the field. Now, he's going to tell you that everybody's important, but we all know that football's become a quarterback-driven game. Yeah. With, without, a, without a top signal caller, you're not going to compete. I don't, care. Right. I don't care if you're the Dallas freaking Cowboys. When you don't have – yeah, and that was on purpose, Dallas. That I, I, was on purpose bad way to go with it. I mean, Cooper Rush looked better than Dak Prescott a lot this year. Well, you, maybe that wasn't the best example. You're right. All right let's, take, let's take the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, there's one for you. <clears throat> if uh, if Joey, Joey football's not under center, do you think the Bengals have any legitimate shot in the playoffs? I don't even know who their backup is. I can't even tell you who it is. So I'm just telling you straight up, I think Ryan Day understands that. I think Ryan Day did not want to see uh, did not want to see CJ get hurt. And so there was a hey, don't run it type of mentality. Remember when he did run it against Northwestern and Ryan Day admitted like, yeah, we were kind of holding that back. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, he looked uncomfortable running against Northwestern though, too. That was the first game where he really started to run the ball. He looked uncomfortable doing it. Okay. He was just, I haven't been asked to do it. Yeah. Okay, but so apparently your guys' outlook on 2023 with Kyle McCord probably not good. Because if oh, I mean, I if think, I think that I mean nobody'd heard of C.J. Stroud before. I mean, we'd heard of him, but you know, C.J. Stroud hadn't thrown a pass going into last season. McCord's got more you know experience coming in than C.J. had when he started out. So do you think he's told not to run as well? Probably. Or will be told? Yeah. Well, I think he will be told because I don't think he's the athlete as far as running the ball, potential to run the ball, that CJ even was. Well, Craig Krenzel wasn't an athlete either, but if that if we needed seven yards, that dude was going to get him. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, Craig, Craig Krenzel wasn't a, a, an athlete, but he had um, – how do they put it? The testicular fortitude to get the job done in any situation. <laughs> a wheelbarrow, if you will. The, the wheelbarrow. Ryan Wickerham says, definitely going to miss CJ next year. Hope next season Jack Sawyer and JT can get more pressure on the quarterbacks. I, I, amen to that. Absolutely. Yeah. I hope that they can get more pressure on them. I am going to miss CJ, man. Like yeah. I said, I like. I think we said that, in a, a, was it two shows ago? Maybe it was last Sunday. I feel like CJ, man, he ripped his heart open, ripped his chest open, and showed Buckeye Nation that his heart bleeds scarlet and gray. That was, that was one heck of a performance, man.
All right, let's let's do this. Let's go on to the next topic here. And by all means, guys, I want to those of you who are watching, please comment. We'd love to get your comments on these topics here. Topic number one: the worst moment in 2022 for the Buckeyes for you guys. Chris, I'll start with you. What was the worst moment? Because there was a couple to choose from. There was. I mean, obviously, the the the, the game against that team up north, just the absolute demolishing that we got in that second half was, was rough. But I'll tell you, the, the thing that broke my heart the most, it, it had to be the stroke of midnight on New Year's Day when that kick just sailed and dropped to the left. I mean, I thought that Ryan Day and the Buckeyes had a real ch- chance at redemption after dropping that game to the team up north. And I, I just saw when I when that ball hit the ground, you saw – you knew you'd seen the last of C.J. Stroud. Uh, you, and he hasn't made it official, but you knew you'd seen the last of C.J. Stroud. Um, you know, a lot of these great seniors that have been part of the team, even if they haven't been maybe great statistically, guys like Cameron Babb, um, guys like I just... Uh, Xavier Johnson. Yeah, Johnson. Um just Matt, these great, Matthew, yeah, Matt Williams, yeah, Matt, or, just great Matt kids Williams. and and you know great Buckeyes and you knew it was the end for him and you Jones. just hated to see, especially CJ go out that way because I really thought, you, you know, he'd questioned what his legacy was going to be. I think we've all questioned what his legacy is going to be, and I thought he had a real shot at redemption and getting that national title. And again, I don't want to bring it down on. Or Noah. I, I don't. I don't want to place it all on the kicker. Um, There's a lot of decisions that were made in that game. It wasn't just the missed kick, a uh, missed kick that, that cost them the game. But, you know, it, it, it hurt to, to do that. I think that that's probably the thing that got to me the most. Aaron. Yeah, man. Um, for me, it wasn't even the missed kick. It's losing to that team up north two seasons in a row. Yeah. Uh, just Obviously, we've all grown up. We've discussed it. We all grew up or lived through the Cooper years. So, you know, it just feels like that's starting to come back. You know, uh, that, that this is all the hallmark of John Cooper, you know, undefeated up until the game, lose the game, go to a big bowl game, lose that too. And that's kind of how it's been the last two, three seasons. At least that's how it feels. Um, we just can't seem to get past that. And then that that really bothers me. So for me, that was probably the biggest uh, biggest issue with the season. All right. Larry Daniels says, Peach Bowl lost. Somehow I felt we'd missed the field goal at that distance. And then, of course, that team up north lost. Those are some of his worst moments from 2022. So, interestingly enough, when we lost to Oregon a couple years ago, I knew we were going to lose that game. When we had the band major or whatever he is, the leader, come marching down the tunnel, trip and fall, (laughs) I turned to Carl and I said to him, that's a bad omen, dude. This is going to be a bad day. And when I got thrown thrown up on by a person behind me uh, at the – at the uh, Michigan game, I knew right then this was going to be a bad day. Twice I've had bad starts to games, and I knew it was going to be bad. <clears throat> the losing to the team up north, obviously, 
was the worst part of the season. Uh, like always, my wife seems to agree with you, Aaron. I bring up good points. I don't know what else what, to say. Does she realize that you agree with her too, or agreed with her too, Eric? That might change your mind. It, it <laughs> might. It might change your mind. I agree with you, honey. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> good to have my wife on and watching tonight. Yeah, there we go. Is Heather watching, Aaron? Uh, probably not. <laughs> we, need to, we need to. We need to get Austin on here. That's what we need to do. I think Austin would drive our, drive our ratings up there probably a little He's bit. He's gonna drive us insane too. It's all good. <laughs> How about yeah. Bobby's? She checking you out tonight, Chris? Uh, she may or may not be. She asked me when we were uh, going to start recording, so it's very possible. But uh, all right, I'm not real sure. I've watched. I've watched the numbers kind of go up and down a little bit here as we've gotten started. We want to thank all of you again for coming in and being a part of our first live show. Please do us the favor. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give us a thumbs up. Obviously, we want those thumbs up. That helps our uh, helps our egos out. Plus, uh, share this with everybody and hit the bell, okay? And then this is what we're going to be doing. Sunday nights, mark your calendars, 8 o'clock every Sunday night. We're going to try to be here live for all of you. We want there to be a great community of Buckeye fans just like us who are going to drop in at 8 o'clock, whether that be on YouTube or Facebook, every Sunday night and take part of these shows with us. That's why this is going to be such a great thing for uh, the OHL podcast is to get that immediate feedback from all of you right away. Um, let's do this. Let's flip it over. We did the negative. Now let's do the positive. The best part of 2022. Aaron, you went last. I'll let you go first this time. Uh, for me personally, the best part of 2022 was the way that they played in the Peach Bowl. Yeah, we fell short. Yeah, we allowed 42 points. However, I feel like C.J. Stroud really, really played up to his potential. Despite not having a running game, we still scored 41 points and had a chance to win that game in the last seconds. Unfortunately, it just didn't happen for us. But I was extremely proud of the way the team played in the Peach Bowl. Chris, the best part of 2022 was... Uh, you know, for me, it was more a moment. I think the best moment of 2022 for me was seeing uh, Cameron Babb actually get to take the field and get a touchdown. That that was a huge thing. Um, another thing I would throw out there would be uh, the emergence of Xavier Johnson. Th those two guys, I think they just they'd put in their time. Uh, you know, Babb with injury, Johnson on special teams and working his way up as a walk-on. And you know what? I, I thought that those two kids really got uh, their chance to shine and got the moment they deserved. I have two moments. One is the Cameron Babb touchdown. That was awesome. Good, good on you, Chris, for bringing that one up. That was a fantastic moment uh, this season that I will, I will not forget. The other one, how about the Marvin Harrison catch where his body contorted into shapes that is – Which one? Well, remember the one on the sideline? Yeah, where I know I mean, which one you're talking about. I don't one where there's no times. way that his feet should have came down in bounds. Well, you're right. How many times did that happen, right? Yeah. I mean, that that was uh, that was crazy. Um, that was a, a great moment. Larry Daniels says, I think the team played incredibly, incredibly well for as many key player injuries uh, we had this year. That's a really good point, Larry. It is. Yep. We, we had a ton of injuries, especially in the running back room, man. 
seemed like we were always injured uh, at the running. We never knew which running back we were going to get. And then we got a linebacker turned running back at the end of the season. We had our true freshman, Dallin Hayden, taking snaps, who had a great second half against Maryland. And you had Xavier Johnson, like you just said, Chris, in the ball game in, for, in the CFB. And, and he looked good on the carries he had. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's take this quick question from Brian Leobers. Brian, it's good to have you in with us, buddy. We'll go ahead and take this question. We kind of answered this a little bit last week, and it's not really on our topic, but it's Brian Leobers. So how can we not, right? Have so, to. That's right. Brian Leobers says, Will Brian Hartline get promoted to offensive coordinator? Chris, you're shaking your head yes. Absolutely. Like I said last week, I don't even think that this is a debatable topic. Uh, I think it was promised to him before the Cincinnati thing, uh, the the Cincinnati job offer. Um, he's he's too good of a recruiter to uh, risk losing. I think he's got too good of an offensive mind, and I think he, you know, just he's got his hands, uh, you know, he, he's got his fingers on the pulse of this team right now. Uh, and I think uh, he's going to be not only the next coordinator, I think he's going to be a great coordinator. Aaron? I don't see any other way around it. Uh, I mean, I know we kind of went back and forth, but that was more for the sake of devil's advocate, I suppose, right. last week. But uh, I really, I mean, who else would they pull? You know, it's like Chris said, you know, he's got the, the, the he, he understands the team. He has such rapport with all the players, not just the wide receivers. He's well-respected in the program. Who else would do it at this point? Who else could they get? And he's an Ohio State guy. Exactly. That's a big thing. Especially when it comes to to things like the rivalry game. Yes. It is a big thing to have that kind of um, awareness, that kind of passion involved. And I think that's just going to benefit him as well. Well, and he's also got the recent NFL experience behind him, too. Right. You know, and, it, and it's not like he was a slouch. He wasn't bad. He wasn't a Hall of Famer, but he wasn't bad either. He was a, he was a, he was a role player. He was a contributor uh, to the Dolphins when he played for them, and I'm not sure if he played anywhere else. He played but, for the Browns as well. Wow. He was actually, okay. He, he was pretty good for both of them, and at the time, both of them were pretty bad teams. Right, yeah. <clears throat> so, I mean, just stuff like that. You know, he's Paul's on the, on the team – Respected in the program, has a recent NFL, uh, I guess, genealogy, if you will. Uh, he, he's he's well connected. You got to keep him, and I think the way that we do that is by putting him as the OC. Okay, there's your answer, Ryan. Thank you so much for submitting your question. Um, oh, Ryan Wickerham brings up a good one. Aaron, I'll let you answer this one. This is right up your alley. Uh, he says we're going to miss Quinn. Um, I think it's Barham. Uh, assistant strength and conditioning coach, Aaron. How much does a, an assistant strength and conditioning coach? I would assume a lot, actually. I mean, it's it's one of those things, you know. Um, without being in the building, it's it's hard to understand that relationship that he has. Uh, but it's really all about, you know, body by Mickey. It's his program. The assistants help him run it, but. Your assistants, you know, it's kind of one of those things like you're only as good as your weakest link. So if your assistants don't fully understand the program and what you're trying to implement, that can be an issue. So, yes, losing an assistant that understands what, you know, Coach Mickey wanted to put through or put the players through and and, and get accomplished through the strength and conditioning program, that may hurt. But then again, if you want to be positive, 
Uh, maybe somebody comes up behind him and understands it better, or maybe even they throw in a few extra things and they're like, yeah, that was great. That was a great addition. But most people, mainly because we're from Ohio, <laughs> we tend to be negative. So, oh no, we, you know, we lost a, a good assistant. What are we going to do? <laughs> Let's bring Schlegel back. I would love that. He's a good dude, man. Like yeah. Anthony Schlegel, uh, he had, he invented some system. I forget what it was called. Yeah, the but, workout machines and yeah. Well, what it was is it was this piece of equipment, okay? Yeah. And it helped the linemen and the wide receivers with blocking. And we installed it on our squat racks at Olentangy High School. And you just, you know, you pushed in and up. And it just, it, it, it taught you that, uh, that rhythm, mm -hmm. okay? Grabbing a hold and up controlling your guy in front of you and uh he was always around in the gym so i mean i've seen him and talked to him a few times uh while i was coaching there so yeah i dude if if, if anthony schlegel came back to columbus i would love that let's go ahead and uh by the way i love that too all gas no breaks let's go uh <laughs> let's answer one more from brian here okay are guys afraid to compete anymore? So many players in the transfer portal all over college football. Chris, I'll let you answer this one, buddy. You, you know, I don't know if it there, – there is, I think, some fear of the competition, but more so, let's call it what it is. It's, it's the money driving the, the, the truck here, you know. It, it's the fact that most of these guys have to be on the field to make the big NIL, you know, big NIL bucks. And I think that's exactly why we saw Quinn Ewers exit Columbus. I think that's why we've seen a lot of these guys who are uh, quality backups or, you know, have a good year starting in a smaller program, jumping to a bigger program. Uh, most recently we have what the, uh, the, the kid at Wake Forest, who's a great quarterback, jump over to Notre Dame. That's about the money. That's all that's about. That is about making those big NIL dollars. Um, I, I don't think it's necessarily a fear of competition because you can better believe, I mean, if somebody like him, you're going to transfer into a program like Notre Dame, and I understand they were down a little bit at the quarterback position last year, but the fact is it's still Notre Dame. They're going to have somebody come in there, and you're going to have to compete with somebody. Um, e even uh, Ewers jump into Texas, you know. There, there was going to be some competition down there. I don't think it's a fear of just so much of competition as it is. Uh, you're not wanting to wait your turn. Uh, if, there, if there's a upperclassman in front of you, uh, you want to get on the field. You want to make that money. Uh, and you want to boost yourself up so that you can, I, I mean, let's call it what it is. We're the minor league now of, of the NFL at this point, as far as the NCAA goes. And you're wanting to get your field time in so you can get out in three years and go start making the really big bucks. Aaron, your two cents? Well, I, I agree with Chris. I was going to actually ask something kind of an offshoot question. With Arch Manning committed to Texas, does Quinn Ewer stick around or does he leave? Depends if Arch Manning becomes yeah. a starter or not. You think he has a chance? No. I don't know. I don't think so, but who knows? Uh, not, not, not as a true freshman. I mean, unless Quinn Ewers completely falls on a, flat on his face, then yeah. And then, the last name is Manning, though. Yeah, well, this yeah. is true. And then at that, at that moment, is, does Quinn Ewers become the new tater tot? I don't know. Dude, don't think, 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 so. of, think about it. If Ewers had stayed, he's probably the starter here. 
Yeah. That's how fast this all took place, and he couldn't wait that long. One Good season. Point. Good yeah. point. Well, two seasons. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we have our 2022 Buckeye Awards, everybody. So uh, make sure that you hang around. This is going to be a lot of fun. as well. The OHIO Podcast is brought to you by Mastermind. Mastermind specializes in 360-degree high-definition mobile video mapping, GIS integration, and traffic safety studies. Mastermind cares about traffic safety and keeping you safe on the roadway. Visit Mastermind at OnlineMastermind.com. Brian also put this uh, nice little comment out here for everybody. Uh, We should do an award for the best fan of the OHIO podcast. Oh, he's trying to get us in trouble now, Eric. (laughs) I mean... I mean, who else are we going to give it to other than Brian Lee Oberst and Eric Osbeck? I mean, those are two guys. Lenny's going to come after Daniels. you. Lenny's going to come after you. L- Lenny? Well, oh, yeah, Lenny. <laughs> Billy Bob. Buddy, you Billy don't Bob. want those troubles with Billy Bob. I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> I'm going to throw you on the barbecue. You don't get him in there. That's a fact. A few Bud right. Light just writes, and you're in trouble, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, it's almost 9 o'clock. Again, please like and subscribe. Let's try to get 10. I was a little overzealous on my first video we made this week, guys. Let's get 10 likes on this video, and let's keep working for 100 subscribers by the end of January. You can help us do that by sharing this and letting all your other Buckeye family friends uh, know that, hey, this podcast is out there and we want you all to be a part of the OHIO podcast with us. How about some rapid-fire questions here at the end, guys? Let's do it. Send it. All right. Brian Leobers asks, will Cade be coming back next year, yes or no? I, I'll take it. I think he absolutely will. Uh, yes. I don't think he wants to go out the way he went out, uh, you know, leaving that bowl game, you know, for medical reasons, I think he thinks there's business still to be done. And, uh, you know, I think he can definitely improve his draft position by coming back for another year. So, yeah, I think he'll be back. Same. All right. I think he comes back, doesn't want to end his career uh, the way that that happened. All right, Aaron uh, Eichenberg coming back. This is from Larry. (sighs) I'm 50-50 on it, but I'm leaning towards him leaving, uh, to be honest. I I think that – I, I think he had a heck of a season. He showed what he could do in the Rose Bowl last season, and then he comes back this year and tears it up. I don't think he's got anything left to prove. I think Eichenberg goes. A little insight, guys. Real quick, little insight. If Eichenberg comes back, Kate's coming back, and vice versa. So, so you're saying if one leaves, the other leaves? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Little inside baseball for you guys there. If the, if they're going to make their decision together, I'd be shocked if one of them goes and the other one doesn't. All right, real quick here. I know we're running out of time. We're up against the wall here. Just the last few uh, seconds here. If Harrison had one more year, Chris, he may be able to lock in an early draft pick. Your thoughts? Yeah, I, I, I don't know how much higher he's going to be able to get. I think at best he's probably a second-round pick. If he were even if he had another year of eligibility, right now I think he's probably a late third, early fourth round pick. Um, he's got a lot of ability, no doubt about it. He's got the talent, he's got the tools. Uh, it just just didn't translate uh, as as we had hoped. 
for the first three years. We saw him improve quite a bit, and yeah, I think maybe one more year he would probably, uh, you know, increase his draft stock a little bit. But I think best case scenario he'd end up a second round. Ryan says, you guys are awesome. I really like following this podcast. Again, please send all the positive affirmation you guys want to our way. We love it. <laughs> we, if we just got Ryan tailgate following us, we'd have about 500 listeners. I know, right? 500 uh, <laughs> likes, rather. Make it happen. There we go, guys. Hey, thank you so much, guys. This was a great live first show this Sunday night. Come back next Sunday. We're going to have all kinds of cool content. We're going to have lots of topics. We're even going to have some former Buckeyes be guests. We'll have some media members as guests. We'll have other podcasters as guests. We might even have some of you as guests. It's going to be a wild ride this offseason. We're going to have a lots of fun doing this live show. 8 p.m. Eastern every Sunday night right here on YouTube and Facebook, of course. Again, please like, subscribe, ring that bell. And until next time, guys, be kind to one another. I owe someone's OH and sing Carmen, Ohio with all your heart. Until next time, OH! Go Buckeyes. Oh, come, let's sing Ohio's praise and songs through Amaterain. While our hearts rebounding thrill and joy which death alone can still summer's heat or winter's cold the seasons pass the years will roll time and change will surely show how firm thy friendship oh yo is your wallet a little lighter than usual after the holiday season consider it money well spent because you deserve to live your best life and the chime checking account wants to help you live yours to the fullest A little extra money goes a long way, which is why the Chime checking account has tons of benefits that millions of members love, like fee-free overdraft up to $200 for eligible members, no monthly fees, and access to over 60,000 easy-to-find and fee-free ATMs. You even get paid up to two days early with direct deposit, all while managing your money on the go, including sending and receiving money fee-free with friends that aren't even on Chime. Sign up for Chime today for you and your wallet. Get started at Chime.com slash Goals24. That's Chime.com slash Goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Access to direct deposits up to two days early depends on the timing of the submission of the payment file from the payer. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply.